We began a few weeks ago talking to you on this subject of unwrapped, and we're going to continue that and kind of tie everything together today. So would you take your Bibles, go to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and as you're doing that, let me say hello to our campuses that are joining with us today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. Whether you're in Cordova or Craneville or Henderson or Savannah today, I'm thankful that you're there, and I believe that today is going to be a great day in the Word, so let's get ready to see what God's going to say. Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about unwrapping some different things. thought, you know, during the Christmas season, well, it would be a great time to talk about unwrapping. And so we've talked about uh, our relationships, how that each and every one of us have some, at times, some struggles in our relationships and how that we have to build and work on those. The second week, we talked about forgiveness and, and how that, that all of us have the challenge of forgiving people. There, there's always somebody going to mess your world up, Right? And, and so we, we dealt with that. We talked about uh, love. We talked about being valuable. And today we're going to talk about faith. So would you take your Bible or iPad or iPod or whatever it is you've downloaded Scripture on, hopefully somewhere. I still like the Bible. But anyway, and go to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter. If you've been around church very much, you've heard somebody preach about it and talk about faith. And today, I want to take that first verse. In fact, that's all we're going to do is take those 15 words that are in that first verse, and, and, and they're basically all one-syllable words except for two of them. And I, I want us today to look at what faith really is and how to kind of unwrap faith so that you and I can live the abundant life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I am come, Jesus said, that you can have life, and you can have that life more what? Abundantly. And that's what I want. I, I want, in 2013 for all of us, I want us to have an abundant life, but we've got to learn how to live with faith. We've got to learn how to operate in faith if we're really going to see it happen. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How many of you have got some things in your life that you are believing for, maybe you've been believing for for a year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, and you haven't seen it yet? Would you lift your hands? Wow, that's a lot of us, right? I've got things in my life that I believe are going to come to pass. I believe they're going to happen because I really believe God spoke them to me. Now, I'm not a mystic. I'm not somebody who gets up every day and walks around with angels and, you know, floats off into the third heaven. Maybe you are. God bless you. Uh, you know, most of the time I do well just to dwell here and live here, right? Uh, but, but what I know is, is that God has spoken some things to me through my life. He's, he's given me some direction. I've, I've read in His Word some promises and those kind of things. And because of that, I, I have seen God do things. I, I can remember in, years ago when I first got out of college and went to work for Pastor Luther in Memphis, uh, one, of the, one of the things that was fun about working for Pastor Luther, there was, there was a few of them, but one of them was he loved bookstores. And, and he would take me to bookstores, and it was always good when the church was buying right so I always wanted in on those trips and, and I can remember back in the the mid 80s early 80s uh, that there was a book that came out called the fourth dimension by a guy named Dr. Cho some of you have read that book and, and know who Dr. Cho is he, at one time he no longer is the senior pastor now but at one time pastored a million people in Seoul South Korea that's a pretty good sized congregation 
And, and he wrote in this book, he began to talk about what faith was and how faith operated. And, it, and as I read that book, it messed with me because uh, I, I'm not from Missouri, but I should have been. Come on, y'all understand that? You know, the show me state, bless God, if I don't see it, I don't believe it. And that's kind of, you know, a lot about my life was, was kind of how I'd lived. And yet, when I began to understand and began to see some insight years and years ago and then began to apply those to my life and over the past many years began to see God do things. And so I can remember when we, when we left Memphis, Sherry and I left Memphis to, to go to Adamsville to, to, to take the church there, that, that it, was a, it was a really interesting thing. We'd been in a, you know, we'd been in Memphis uh, in a city of a million people and we went to Adamsville with 1,500 people. I went, okay, God, what's up with this? And, and, um, I, but I remember God speaking to me, and, and I want to tell my story today because I know mine better than yours, so just kind of go with me for a minute. And, and as God spoke to me, I knew that God said if I would go, we would see revival. And so we went, and, and I began to talk about revival. I began to talk about growth. I began to talk about change. And, and this was a church that had been in the same building for 50 years. Most of the people, I was 25 at the time, most of the people were 50 or older. And it was kind of like, yeah, this new kid on the block, he's just here. You know, we've been here and seen him come and seen him go. And, right? And, but, but, I, but all of a sudden what began to happen was is that people in that church began to believe. They began to get a hold of it. They began to see that God was bigger than what they had experienced. And all of a sudden, I, I can remember we met uh, after, I don't know, three or four or five years, something like that. The church had begun to grow a little bit, and uh, we, we had to move and build a new building. And I can remember coming together with our leadership, and, and we sat down, and we said, okay, let's, let's craft out a vision statement. Let's get a mission statement. Everybody was doing one. We didn't have one, so we felt like, you know, we needed one. And so I, I can remember we, we spent a weekend uh, working on it, and, and we came out, and part of it, I won't tell the whole thing, but part of it said uh, that we feel like Love and Truth Church is called to impact, and at that point we set a 30-mile radius. And, and, I mean, I'm telling you, that was huge. To, to believe that we could reach out from that little town and impact a 30-mile radius was just mind-boggling. But we begin to talk about it. We begin to cast it out. We begin to lay it before the people. People begin to see it. And you know what happened? People begin to drive from 30 miles away. So a year or so later, we had another meeting. We said, hey, let's change it. I mean, I'm, I'm for that, right? You know the only constant love and truth is change right and and so we we man we got real bold then we said let's let's call it we're going to impact 50 miles i mean that that was unheard of who's going to drive to adamsville tennessee from 50 miles away to go to church but all of a sudden we begin to see it happen that church went from when i got there it had 35 people in the first time i, I showed up to preach to, to at the point 18 years into it we were running over 600 people in a town of 1500 and as as we looked at that one day we got together and we just got crazy and we said you know what let's take that off and let's just change that and let's say that we're going to impact the world you know what happened i'm not kidding within a year's time we had a man in our church who went to kenya wound up we started churches in kenya and all of a sudden we began to impact the world why because faith is the substance of things 
hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so what, I've, what I know through the years is this, is that you've got to have faith, but you operate faith differently than you operate naturally. And so I want to take a few minutes today to kind of unpack this passage of Scripture. I'm going to go almost word by word today through this and, and try to help us to understand. The, the first part of that is the word now, okay? Now faith is. And so so we, we got to understand this. What is happening in the present determines your future. Don't miss this. What you are doing right now. People say, well, I don't know how I got here. I can help you. You got there by what you did yesterday. You, you, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to me when, when I watch things on television or talk to people and, and their lives are just destroyed and, and all kind of things. They go, well, I don't know how that happened. I do. What you are doing in the present, what you are doing in this moment in which you are living determines what's going to be happening in your future. What I am allowing into my life right now, at this moment, affects my faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I understand that. But right now, today, in this moment, how I am living is determining what is going to be happening tomorrow, next week, next month, and next year. And so that's why it's very important what you're doing. Don't, don't miss that. You, you've got to come to that place of saying, you know what? Everything I do makes a difference. Everything that happens in my life, what I'm doing right now is making a difference. So now it's, it's this moment that I'm in affects the future. Secondly, he says faith is. Now faith is. So faith is active. The Bible says it this way. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There's something that we need to understand. I think that a lot of people think that you get to a level of faith and it's stagnant and you have this faith. I have, I have great faith. Listen, I don't know about you, but I have had moments of great faith and then even other moments of greater doubt. Just, just in this moment, I'm, I'm going, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like the Apostle Peter. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right? And then, I mean, it, it's just a whirlwind moment till Jesus turns around and says, Satan, get behind me. I, I've experienced that. I don't know about you. I've experienced it. If faith, the, the scripture there says faith comes by hearing, I want to tell you, if faith comes, faith can also go. If faith comes through hearing of the word of God, what we have to know is this, is that the process of faith is dynamic. In other words, it's always moving. It's always changing. It is not in, in a, a solid mass that you can get a hold of. It is always in that process of being active. So if I really want to be a person who lives the John 10, 10 abundant life that Jesus Christ said is mine, then I've got to come to that place where I understand that my faith is either coming or my faith is going and so it's important to me i don't know about you but i, I mean this is going to sound bad to somebody i want everything that god said is mine if god said i can have it then i want it if he said i can be blessed i want to be blessed if he said i can have health i want to have health if he said i can be prosperous and be in health even as my soul prospers why would i settle for just a little tribulation and going through tough times. Somebody asked me one time, they said, are you one of those faith preachers? I said, yes. I, they, I mean, they said it kind of derogatory. I'd rather be a faith preacher than a fear preacher. 
had somebody else ask me one time, are you one of those prosperity preachers? I said, yes. They said, oh, I don't believe in prosperity. I said, God bless you, I do. I'd a lot rather be in prosperity than in poverty any day. If God says that he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, see, we, we've got we to change this thing up. So now faith is, the next couple of words there, the substance. Now this is where we kind of get into the nitty-gritty here. The, the, the word substance, I looked it up in the dictionary, and it's on the screen. Here's what it means. That which underlies outward manifestation. Substance is what underlies outward manifestation. Let me explain it this way. This, this table is wood. It is made out of wood. The outward manifestation is a table. But if you want to know what this is, it's wood. That's the substance of this table. My iPad, I don't have a clue what the substance is of that. All right? But, but this is wood, so that's the substance. In other words, that's the essential part of, of what is happening in this moment. With it. I, you know, I don't, I don't come up here and go, I don't normally bring it out, but I don't come up here and go, man, I wonder if that thing's going to be solid. You know, do, I, I, if I lay that on there, is, is everything going to fall apart? Why? Because I understand that wood is solid. And so, therefore, I can depend on wood. You got it? So now faith is the substance. Now what is the substance? The substance is what is real. This table is real. You don't believe it? Come up here and I'll hit you in the head with it. <laughs> this table is real. It's, a, you know, it's not heavy, but it's real. All right? Now what's real in our lives as a Christian? The Word of God. Forever, O Lord, is thy word settled in heaven. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but thy word shall never pass away. So I've got to come to that place where I understand that the word of God is my substance. What does God say about my situation? What does God say about what I'm going through? If I read in the scripture, again, I quoted a while ago, where John says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. That's substance to me. That's solid to me. And so if I'm sick, I'm going to go, I know I don't feel good, but the solid substance says. Now, I'm not one of those guys who say, don't say you're sick. If you're sick, you're sick. Right? And especially if you're a man. Come on, all wives should have bore witness with that. You know, men are big babies when we get sick, all right? But we're sick. And, and I don't mind, am I sick? I'm sick. But I know that God's a healer. I may be broke, but I know He's a provider. I may be going through a tough time in my family, but I know he's a peacemaker. When I begin to understand the substance of the Word of God, another translation says that now faith is the title deed. See, a title deed means that you don't have to see the building to know it's yours. If, if any of you own property or you own a house or something somewhere else, you don't have to drive down that street every day to know that that's yours. All you've got to do is look at that title deed and go, it's such and such a street on such and such a place, that's mine. The Word of God is your title deed. It's the substance. So now faith is the substance. I get in the Word of God and I begin to find what God says. Then it says, now faith is the substance of what? Things, right? Of things. How many of you need some things? 
Well, praise the Lord. The rest of you are independently wealthy. I'll ask that again. How many of you need some things? Those of you watching too. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> the Bible says it this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The word kingdom of God there is not something in the sweet by and by, one day, hallelujah, we're going to go home and be with Jesus in heaven. The word kingdom of God there simply, if you were to transliterate it and bring it down into English, it just simply means God's way of doing things. Seek ye first God's way of doing things. Do you know what God's way of doing things is? God says and then God sees. Genesis 1 starts off, In the beginning the earth without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said. Read down to verse 2. And God said. Read verse, and God said, and God said. And then it says, and God saw. What God said, God saw. If you want to operate for things in the natural, seek ye first the kingdom, seek ye first God's way of doing things, if you want to have the abundant life that you want every day in your life, then you have got to be the person who understands the power of your words. The Word of God says it this way, that you are snared by the words of your mouth. Scripture says there's power of life and death in the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Now, what we have to come to an understanding is, is that in every truth there is balance, but in the midst of that, we can't get so overbalanced one way that we miss it on the other way. And so God has called us to live a life of faith. God has called us to live a life of belief, and that is to operate the way God operates. I, I can remember several years ago when God spoke to me about coming to Jackson. I, I didn't understand it all. I, I just knew God said if we'd go there... That, that he would do things. And, and I'm going to tell you, the first couple of years, I was mad. I didn't want to be here. I had, I had, we had built a great life where we were. And, 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 and I've even had people who are still part of the church say, man, Pastor, you were tough those first couple of years. Well, first of all, we were meeting at the Holiday Inn, setting up and tearing down and meeting in old dirty rooms where somebody had thrown up the night before because they'd gotten so drunk, you know, all that stuff. What's wrong with y'all? And, and, and I'd drive over and I'd go, come on, God, what is this about? And yet I knew in my spirit what God had spoken to me. And so I began to believe. We, we moved into the Hamilton Hills at one point. And people began to catch the vision. People began to say, Pastor, I, I can remember one day, I won't call, call the name, but he's sitting on the front row today. He said to me, he said, Pastor, we're going to have a church. And he, be, he began to talk stuff, and I went, I don't see it. I hope we see it one day. God bless him. You know, he had bad pizza last night or something. But I, I didn't see it all. I, I couldn't. But, but other people began to see it. Other people's faith began to rise up. And as it did, all of a sudden, there, there began to be hope built in people's lives. See, that's what the Scripture says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. See, here's what hope is. Hope is belief in the future. Hope is saying, I know right now my marriage is a mess. But I believe it's going to be better. I know right now things are not good at my workplace, but I hope, I'm hoping for a better day. Listen, people who have no hope have no future. You've got to be a person of hope. You, you've got to face 
2013 with hope. You, you've got to walk. Listen, th that's why I love new beginnings. Whatever happened in 2012, you can't change it. Man, how many times have we said, man, I'd like to go back and change that? Well, you can't. It's not going to happen. And you can't go to tomorrow and change that. All you can do is live right now with a hope of what tomorrow is going to be. Now watch what the scripture says. The book of Psalm, the 119th chapter says, I hope in your word. Where's my hope? My hope is not on all the stuff out here. My hope is in the word of God. We used to sing a song that said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand, and all other ground is sinking sand. Now, I, I want you to understand that. We are hoping for something. As Christians, as believers, as people who know Jesus Christ, we are hoping for a better day. We are hoping for greater things to happen. But that's not just in the sweet by and by. Right now, right here, I can be blessed of God. Right in the moment that you are living, you can begin to say, you know what? Next year is going to be the greatest year I've ever had. 2013 is going to be my year of coming forth to see the glory of God. Whatever has happened yesterday, listen, all of us got some junk back there. All of us have got some stuff that we don't want anybody to know about. We want the closet door to stay shut. Come on, every, everybody in here knows what it's like for somebody to call you and to say they're going to drop by. And you've got that one room. No, come on, you know where I'm going with this. You've got that one room and you tell all the kids, throw everything in that and shut the door and lock it. Rest of the house looks fine, but that one room looks like a tornado came through and just blew it up, right? And you don't want anybody, and you don't, you know, that's nobody's business, right? Hey, there's stuff in yesterday, there's stuff in last year, there's stuff behind us. It's nobody's business. The Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press on toward the high mark, the high calling of Jesus Christ. That's what faith does. That's, that's where we come. And, and I, don't, I may not see it right now. Maybe right now I'm going through a tough time in my, in my place of employment or, or my business that I own or, or my profession that I'm in, whatever it is, and, and I'm kind of struggling right now. But listen, faith says I'm hoping for something better because my hope is built on the foundation of the Word of God. And the foundation of the Word of God is stable. In fact, it's more stable than this table is. It is sure. It is the sure foundation, the Bible says. And so we can depend on that. We can live with that. Then it, it goes on and it says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence. The word evidence there simply means the conviction. I want to tell you, you will know when you're getting ready to receive something from the Spirit of God when you have a conviction that nobody can take it away from you. People can come along and say, I don't think it's ever going to happen for you. And you just look at them and you smile and say, I know you don't, but I believe it's going to happen. 
I believe God spoke that to me. I believe, and, and again, not some weird, freaky something, but I believe that God promised me I'm going to see that happen. And you know what? I love you, and I, I'm, I'm glad you got some doubt, but I'm going to have faith, and I know that it's going to happen. I mean, there, there have been times for, I'm sure, all of us who that, that everybody else around us went, it's not going to happen. It's not going to come to pass. You were never going to see it take place. And yet, there was that conviction. There was that evidence down inside of you that said, I know what God has spoken. I know that God is bigger than what everybody is saying. I know that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think according to the power of the Holy Spirit that works in me. And so when you grab a hold of that, it does not matter what everything around you looks like. It does not matter what everybody around you says. I mean, can you imagine the Apostle Peter on the boat? And he says, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. Can you imagine the mumbling in the boat? No, come on. I know, I know where you're going. Well, he started sinking. Yeah, but he walked. You got that on your resume? I don't think so. Walked on water. He's got it on his. I, I, can you imagine these guys? I mean, they're, they're talking about him. I mean, Judas is trying to figure out how much it's going to cost to bury him. You know, Thomas is doubting he's ever going to get out of the boat. I mean, you just go down the line. It's, it's, it's all this stuff. And, and yet, because of his faith, he was able to walk. Yeah, he sank, but he also got back up and walked back in. So here's the deal, is that everybody else around you may be naysayers, but if you have the evidence inside of you, you can know that God is going to bring it to pass. Now, I'll tell you this. This is the place where we struggle with facts and truth. The facts say it's a storm. The truth says, Jesus says, come. Which am I going to believe? Am I going to believe the storm or am I going to believe the word? The facts say all these things about our family, about our situation, about what we're going through, about our kids, whatever. But the truth, which is that which is substance, says if God is for me, who can be against me? And so I know that the Word says, he who has begun a good work in me, he will complete it. So all this stuff may be happening, but I choose at that moment not to focus on the facts. I choose to focus on the truth. And so he closes out with this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Here's the deal. What I don't see in the natural is what I will possess. In other words, when I have the evidence down inside of me, when I know that I know that I know. Larry Lee said years ago, he said, there are some things you just know in your knower. Come on, you understand that? I mean, there are just times you got some, it doesn't make sense to everybody else, but you just know in your knower that it's the right thing. And so there are, there are those moments when you have that evidence. You don't see it in the natural yet, but you know that God is able to do it. You, listen, get this. I have to have it. You have to have it in your spirit first to manifest it to our worldly senses. There are people who had to believe in the Holiday Inn for a church before there ever was a building at 565 Orwell Road. There are people who had to believe that we can make a difference 
before campuses began to be formed in different places. There were people who had to believe this year before over 260 people have been baptized in water this year. Over 800 people made a commitment to Christ this year. Lives have been changed all over because people believed what they could not see. And as they believed what they could not see, it became a reality because it was based on substance of the Word of God. Now, how do we live this out in our clothes? Number one, I hope you're writing these down. Here's what you need to do in your life. Number one is get in the Word daily. Daily. We made it as easy as we can starting this next year. You go on our website, go on loveandtruthchurch.com. On the front page at the bottom, there's a button, hit it. It will take you to a Bible reading plan that if you'll do it, it takes about 10 minutes a day. You can literally read through the entire Bible in a year. It's all there for you. All you've got to do is go to the website. Easy. You're on the, you're on the web all day long. Don't pretend you're not. <laughs> Take 15 minutes of Facebook time. Hallelujah, let's move. <laughs> Number two is you've got to change your focus. Change your focus. Don't be always focusing downward. Don't always be focusing on the problems. Start focusing on the answer. Start focusing on the solution. Start focusing on what God can do in your situation. Start focusing on what the Word of God says about what you are going through. As you change your focus, you begin to see the blessings of God come into your life. And last, live with the future in mind. Remember, we started off with now. What you're doing in this moment determines your future. Don't wait until you wind up somewhere you don't want to be to make a change. Make it now. Now, faith the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you will grab a hold of what I've taught you today, if you will apply that to your life, I believe with all of my heart that you will begin to live that abundant, not just abundant, but that more abundantly life that God's called us to.